AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's up, everyone? I'm Tori. And I'm Anissa. And this is MTV's official Challenge podcast, where we go behind the scenes of the challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies. And magpies. On this episode, we are going (laughs) to go even more behind the scenes than usual, because we are going to be joined by Ryan Smith, the EP and showrunner for Spies, Lies, and Allies, and one of my great friends. We've been doing this since middle school together, so I'm really excited to have him on today. Dude, he was my first showrunner ever, but we'll get all into that when we get into the episode. And I'm so sad that you went home. I know. It was really, really sad. We'll get into our ugly cries later. Yeah. Um, and then I would like for everyone listening to rate those ugly cries. <laughs> so we'll definitely get into that later. All right. Let's get started. Now... Tori, Ooh. my favorite moment. <laughs> and you know why? I don't have to do the time bomb today because uh, you do. And uh. if you folks don't know what the time bomb is, it is season 37. So Tori has 37 seconds to recap this week's episode. You okay. know who doesn't have to recap it in 37 seconds? <gasps> Me. Damn yes. it, Anissa. It's my birthday month. I don't have to do shit. I actually shouldn't have to do time bomb for all of September. God, I'm so nervous. Okay, just let's just get this over with. <laughs> I mean, I know it was a, it was a sad episode. There was a it was very intense. Yeah, it was. It was. So, just just try and do 37 seconds, just a little sincere recap without a lot of tears. All right. Okay. okay are you ready? Uh huh. Give it to us in three, uh-huh. two, one. Here we go. It's another week of the challenge, ladies and gentlemen, and we are going to be doing this mud challenge. I don't know. I know nobody really wanted to do it. Everybody got really cut up during it, but the person who got hurt the worst was clearly Anissa. And that, that fall was so sad, Anissa. It was so hard to watch, and I'm so sad that you had to go through that. And when I heard you crying and screaming, I wanted so badly to jump over the wall and come save you, but we couldn't do anything about that because they made us sit in a mud pile. I was looking at a worm the entire time that was happening. It was a really double bad experience. We'll get into that later. Let's talk more about how Logan and Big T immediately started to really crush on each other, and then Logan and Big T sleep in the same bed together, and then Amber still going on with this Big Brother thing, and then obviously you get medically DQ'd, and I absolutely hated that, but then when it comes to the game, we got to talk about how Nani was like the hottest commodity this season so far. Shit, I'm done. Oh, you're already- I done. 
I didn't I even mean, get... you, you did what you could with that one. Um, I, I relived that worm. I, I honestly didn't remember that worm until I sat, I like was sitting here going through you leaving. And I just remember being in the mud and there was, they stopped the whole game for like 30 minutes because of that. I know. That's how people got to do all their math problems. You're that's welcome. That's true. That's fa- that should be challenge confidential, but that's It is. I'll get fat. into it a little bit later. Okay. I feel like the play of the day was me hurting my shoulder because it helped a lot of people. Oh, I hate that. I Okay, then that won't be it. No. Play of the day is, you know what? I'm going to give it to my, my partner, ex-partner Logan. Yeah, for You brave, brave, sure. brave soul. You were like, you know what? Felt really safe with my partner. Really wanted to be okay so she can come back. But if she doesn't, I'm going to be a grown-ass man. I'm going to go in. I'm going to grab this game by the balls. And then if I win, like he said, I'm going to win. Yeah. I'm going to be able to pick my partner. Yeah. So kudos to you, old partner. I love you and I miss you. Ugh. Wish, wish I could have stayed around. Yeah, and he really did make you so proud. He made all of us so proud when he did that. Like, you never see people stepping up to the plate like that. I mean, you do, but it's few and far between many moments that come on the show where people are like, okay, throw me into elimination because I want to take the game into my own hands or I'm going to risk it for the biscuit in this way. And he did that, and that was super, super brave. He wasn't the only one to do it, though. Gabo did it, too. I really don't know who the dirtiest deed would go to for this episode, though, honestly. I mean, we all look pretty dirty in that mud. Hey! You know? Yeah. Should be a comedian. (laughs) Um, Let's see, the dirtiest deed. I don't know. I mean, like, could it be... I mean, the vets just really sat back and let that shit happen. And that's something to... (laughs) Okay, actually, but that's I have more the on the spy team. aspect, you know. That's that's more of the sneaky thing than it is the than dirty. So if I have to say why I think, okay, let me let me explain something real quick that happened later in this episode. So the dirty deed for this one, I'm gonna give to CT, which is probably you wouldn't expect it, but behind the scenes, CT was trying to get everybody to say Logan's name for the house vote because CT didn't want to have to say a girl's name at elimination. So if the house voted in Gabo and Emmy then CT probably would have had to say Logan and another girl. And CT and Bernard didn't want to have to say a girl's name. So Mm -hmm. that's why they were trying to get the whole house to vote in Logan. And then that's when you hear Logan in the chamber being like, hey, please don't throw me in, like, as the house vote. But CT was really pushing for that because he didn't want to have to get his hands dirty in both areas. Makes sense. Not dirty. Maybe just a slick deed, but still interesting. Yeah, there wasn't really, like, a dirty, dirty. This was a pretty clean episode. Yeah, Besides the mud. You know? It was, like, nice to watch rookies valiantly fight for Nani's love. <laughs> like, right? It was, like, gladiator shit. Like, it was, like, I'll challenge thee. You are for Nani, you know? Like, with between right. Huey in the chamber, between um, Huey, between Gabo, and then and Logan ends up stealing her. He is a bigger <gasps> threat than they think. I think oh, maybe they're starting yeah. to see it now. He's an incredible so let's get let's get into this episode. Okay. Let's talk about this minefield episode. Yeah. Because this was, I think, for Logan and I, a good chance for us to win. We -hmm. had math, which we know we can do. We had a puzzle, which I know both of our minds could have worked through. Yeah. Because he was doing really well. And I think the Survivor kids are really cool with, like, these kinds of things. If you could see, they're, like, like, they're in their backyard. And Manuel was literally, like. And Berna. 
Yeah, and Berna. Yeah, they were just home. We were crawling, and they were like, put, their feet were in the mud. And I was like, I didn't even think about it because I didn't think there would be that much give, yeah. that much slack in the cargo net. You don't realize how something, how difficult these things can be until you're going because after you were done with the mud going through it, your shoes were caked in mud. And then yeah. you have to climb up these little blocks to get over the wall. And then that's when it became so slippery. And that's why people yeah. were going slow over the wall. Like the guys who were jumping off the top, I mean. That's crazy. I wish, crazy. but my ankles were already wrapped. I'm like, I'll lose an ankle if I jump. I, I would you have know? too. Like you, we didn't have enough traction on the bottom of our feet. I was slipping going over multiple times and like, you were just wondering, like, okay, when is somebody actually going to get hurt on this? Because that wall was I mean, it was dangerous, tall. even if you hit your face on one of those handholds, because they were wood. Yeah, yeah, it was rough. But I really it felt like, you know, him and I were talking about it before the thing. Like, this was one of those one of those challenges where I'm like, okay, it's me or CT. Yeah, oh, for sure. You guys had it in the bag. But then you see a man once we Casey. got the puzzle. Yeah, but once we got the puzzle, I knew we probably would have had it. Yeah, the puzzle is, it was definitely hard. It was one of those cubes. And you know what? CT did one of those cubes on Dirty 30. And I mean, I did too, but I don't, you know, I'm mediocre at puzzles. Hit or miss Mm -hmm. with me. So you know that CT, when it's a puzzle like that, and you can even see the confidence he had as soon as Berna comes up with the last piece. He's like, all right, thank you. Berna, move to the side. Time for me to do this. And the guy honestly got that done, Anissa, I'm not kidding, in maybe a minute. Less than a minute. I believe it. Because... You don't see it, but by the time I get back with my puzzle piece, I have like four pieces on the thing ready to go because I fucked up my math problem. Shh, don't tell, don't tell my parents. <laughs> they're gonna well, I so think much. they're going to hear it now. Barb, sorry, Tori messed up her math problem. <laughs> I fucked up the math problem. So I had to come back, but like once I finally got back, I looked over, done. I think certain people's brains work in certain ways where they can just Definitely. see a shape and be able to create it. Yeah. And that's why I was so confident, but I felt... I felt so guilty, you know, like just I felt like I let him down because I knew I was his safety. I knew out of all the partners I could have had, he was going to be the most supportive. Yeah. I think that's why I was so emotional about it. Um, yeah. I wanted to make sure he was OK. I wanted to make sure you were OK. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain people in the house that I really cared about that I was worried about their well-being if their big mama bird cinnamon squiddian wasn't there. Yeah. Because there's a sor- certain kind of peace of mind that I feel like I bring to people that, 100%. you know. You are literally a lamp of com- comfort. Like, I feel like everybody in the house is a mosquito. For sure me. Definitely a fly. A little gnat or something. And you're just <laughs> this big, beautiful lamp. And we just all come near you, especially at night, you know, when people really are missing the snuggles. And like, I mean, <laughs> everybody, everybody was getting love in your bed. I mean, at least I was all the time. Like I was, I was there all the time. Like when you left, it was, it was a huge emptiness in the house. A lot of people felt it. And you don't really get to see that in the editing of this because obviously the show continues on. The competition keeps going on. The politics keep happening. But like in the quiet times, like the times that you don't really get to see on air, your absence was so felt. Like it was so felt. And it will always be felt when you're not there because you have such a big presence on that show. Not to mention there were so many international people there this season. They looked up to you like no other. Like you were you were the mama bird for everybody who came on that on the show this season, and you usually I wanted, are. I wanted every people season. to feel. I, I look at it this way: like we have a lot of rookies, clearly, and there is that language and cultural barrier that can sometimes make it difficult to like feel like you're part of the group. Yeah, and I never want anybody to feel like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So my goal was to like, hey, like let me learn about you. You can learn about me, like. 
Bettina, I love your laugh. Come over here and sing me Swedish lullabies, my Swedish lamb, about cats. And Gabo would come over and be like, (laughs) and with his shit, it just, everybody was interesting in their own way and had so much, so much culture to offer up and so many great things that, you know, I just wanted everybody to be a part of the family since they were there. Yeah. But let's get back to this crazy episode. Enough about me. Ah, Let's talk about one more thing real quick. Let's just touch on the Gabo doing math, looking like he's a Greek like statue, like a sculpture with his fingers up, counting, like asking God. He had like two fingers <laughs> up. Like, I'm like, Gabo, you're working with a four digit number. Little did we know in that moment, he was probably asking Mike the situation for the math. To help him to math. To math. <laughs> I can't deal, dude. Gabo is literally so, so funny. Even in the chamber he when is. he was like, sit your ass down. Like, right? I learned, like, let me tell you something. You didn't know that Gabo lived in a room with Corey and Jeremiah. When I tell you those boys taught him so much American slang. <laughs> I was like, you're going to mess up. All- I mean, these are not the two guys that you learn English from. <laughs> so Well, good. Corey, especially. But, you know, like, it's just, and it's also like their slang. Like, Jeremiah talks different than Corey because he's from Mississippi. Yeah. And Gaba was just a sponge. Yeah, it was So cute, he was like, sit though. your ass down. He wasn't talking like that when he first came in the house. Dude, it was, Gabo just did the cutest things in the, you know, the silent of the moments too. The things that you're not going to see on air. Like there was a time when he traded, he had like an Ibiza t-shirt, I think it was. He traded it for CT's Sperry's because it was like, oh, you can't get those. I know, it was so cute. I was right there. Yeah. He's like, you can't get those Sperry's in Hungary. So I'll trade you a t-shirt for it. Like people were trading things and like, it was, he was such an amazing addition for the show. And honestly, like, I know that I got a little heated in the chamber with him and Huey, but Huey is also an amazing addition for the show. Like, right. people who are so passionate and, like, have wear their heart on their sleeves, I mean, make great TV. Like, it was great to watch. Yeah. I feel like they they were just like, whatever. And you could see how much, you know, this meant to them. For sure. Everybody. And that's something that we, as people who have been on the show, do take for granted. Like, to be on an American TV show and, I mean, that's some people's dream. Like, people... Yeah dream about that around the world and I'm honored to be on the show and after doing this season with all of these people who come from so many different places it's like wow I you know I take that for granted sometimes and yeah like seeing Logan and Gabo and Huey and all of them like fight and want to fight for the honor of Nani or a partner it's like damn like thanks for their country or their country like yeah Yeah. right like thank you for yeah could you imagine us like this is for America (laughs) like no (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, absolutely crazy. But, you know, so Logan ends up going into this elimination. And Those braids. Shout out to Priscilla, I think, who was the braid master this she season. Was. Her hands are magic. Not yeah. only is she stunning to look at yeah. and brilliant, but she also braids. So shout out to her because she also helped me with my hair, too, because I couldn't lift my hands up. So yeah. big shout out. Priscilla has some really fun moments coming up. And interesting moments coming up. So I'm excited to like see more of her uh, as the season goes on because she's. I think she's great. She's a badass narrator too. She's a badass. She's a fucking badass, and I I really enjoy. I enjoyed her her like spunk. It's like nice to see that. And Berna too, man. Like I know Berna. Like maybe people might not like her, you know, or don't vibe with her. I fucking love Berna. Like from day one when we had our singing group. Yeah. Oh my god. Stop. (laughs) 
I think Burn is great. I think yeah. I think Burn is great. I love that her and CT won just because I feel like she would have been an unnecessary target. I mean, she's good. Yeah. So I I mean, target her if you will, but Yeah. I meant like target her for the right reasons. Right. You know, Absolutely. not make it petty, but she she definitely is a force. I'm happy that they did win, but then you have, you know, Logan and Gabo in here. Gabo had a Gabo had a bad day, guys. Gabo had to go from math to puzzles. Yeah, and he was praying to Mike the situation the whole time, and Mike didn't pull through. So, Mike the situation, if you're listening to this, you know, go send Gabo some love in the DMs because the guy needs a little support right now. And then, sure. Gabo, I'm going to need you to go look for a new inspiration. <laughs> Perhaps Tommy, the math teacher. Yeah, Tommy, can't bring those puzzles over here, man. Yeah, but I, you know, Gabo leaves in great fashion. Like, yeah. keeps his head high, does the flex, you know. And then Logan does the savage thing that Logan did, and he stole Nani. And I actually find that so interesting. You know, like Huey is fighting Gabo for Nani, and then do- doesn't even realize that Logan's gonna swoop in and steal her. Right. I didn't. I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, I mean, I think Logan's super calculated. He knows that Nani's going to be a great partner, but also probably hopes that, listen, if he sees, if somebody sees Nani being stolen again, they're not going to want to steal Nani because maybe she'll get stolen again. And that's kind of what started to happen. Like, as people got stolen multiple times in a row, they didn't want to steal, like, people want to steal people that they think aren't going to get stolen because they want to hold on to them. So, and right. Nani, Nani was a good pick. So it was a super calculated move. And I think that, you know, hopefully it works out for them. But yeah, I mean, there was so much that went on this episode, mm-hmm. and we're gonna see, you know, how your absence is gonna be huge, and how it's gonna shift a lot of the politics in this game. Really? And it does, yeah, because it makes certain people side with different ways. I don't want to say too much right now, but it definitely don't say the- too much. But I just want to note one thing: mm-hmm. Tori has left two seasons in a row mm-hmm. at like Challenge Five. Yeah, yeah. She was so paranoid about. Mm-hmm this challenge like it was coming up to that that fifth challenge yeah she was like this is my time to go and then i end up going so i'm excited to um now watch the challenge as a viewer Mm -hmm. and then get to come on the podcast and give my unbiased yeah um wasn't there in person perspective so i'm excited for the tables to turn yeah and for tori to tell me all the inside scoop I'm really excited about that. You know I got them for you. And this is so funny because literally what happened to us last season. I think I went home episode five last season. You did? Yeah. So it's pretty interesting how it's just completely turned. But hopefully I make it far enough so that way we're both not in the dark. And that you never ugly cry again like that. (laughs) Bro, did you see my face? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, joy. You really loved me because... I mean, I sobbed like that when you left last time, but mm-hmm. like not to that point. I think our Aww. friendship developed even more, but that was, yeah. well, we were a mess. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was the episode of the ugly cry. Yeah, it wasn't cute, but it was, it was cute. It was internally cute. Okay. Uh, well, I think now might be a good time to take a quick break before we interview this wonderful, wonderful man. Really yeah. excited. It'll be interesting to see what Ryan has to say, being that he is the showrunner and responsible for all this crazy shit that we have to do. Yeah, it's fucking an honor to talk to him and see what it takes to put all this stuff together and how it feels for him to come back into this role. So I'm excited to have Ryan on the show. Let's get him on now. 
AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. All right, everybody. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. This is when we get to interview somebody from the show. And this is actually our first production team interview. We have Ryan Smith. He is the EP and showrunner of Spies, Lies, and Allies. So everyone, please welcome Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Thank you. Thank you. Very excited to be here. Always a pleasure to talk with you, ladies. Don't be that excited, Ryan, because we're about to get it at ass. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. it. The roles are changed. Oh, no. That's fine. No, really, Ryan. Uh, For everyone or anyone who doesn't know who you are or what you do, can you explain your role on the challenge? You can start from the beginning to now, if you'd like, just to give us like a little history. Uh, This last season, Spies, Lies, and Allies, I was the EP showrunner. So that means I'm kind of like the captain of the ship, but while in the field. So this show kind of has had a couple EPs through these seasons, and uh, Emer Harkin was the EP on this show to begin. She ended up getting herself pregnant. So by the time <laughs> the show got to a point of uh, going out in the wow. field to shoot, she wasn't allowed to go uh, just for health and safety-wise from her doctor. So they, she kind of prepped and got everything going. I got to go out to the field, and I took the reins. And once I was in the field, I was – which means, you know, on location with you all, I was uh, kind of taking the reins at that point and running the show. Now, my history to the show, if that's what you're trying to hint at, is that I started as a PA in 2005 on season 10. Wow. What was season 10? Inferno 2. Wow. I was not there with you. No, that was, that's when it, that's when Justin Booth took over and the show started to completely change. It went from like goofy chicken costumes to like, this stuff's going to get gnarly and we're going to really start testing you guys and pushing the limits wow. every season. But I've PA'd two or three seasons. Then I became an AC. Then I did audio. Then I ran audio for a little bit. Then I did. Did you have a boom just... mic? Yeah. Always running around you with a boom mic. You had a boom? Yeah. <laughs> On what season? 
that would have been the season I got to run audio. Like I was actually like an audio guy in the, on the call sheet was Fresh Meat. So okay, it was wasn't the very first either. Fresh Meat. Damn it. Yeah. I and was giggled. Like, and that was like the seasons when we started doing like exiles and people had to like run long distances for challenges and like finales. We weren't really doing that kind of stuff yet. Like they're maybe doing just at the finale, but since I was a young buck at the time in my twenties, they gave me the, the, the boom and like, you got to keep up with them. So we're trying to keep up with your asses with 20 pounds of gear on us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have so much respect for all of the sound guys and the camera guys. I mean, like after running multiple finals, like in the past, when you yeah. run, the camera guys are with you, you know, they're yeah. out there jogging. So it's it intense. is crazy. Like to think about all of the work that goes in behind the scenes. Um, yeah. This season, especially, I mean, this season, the things that you put together and the challenges that we had to do, the missions that we had to compete in were a lot different than the season before. So you definitely have your own style. So I'm just wondering, like, yeah. how did you come up with this season's theme and like picking out some of the games that you chose? So this is where I have to kind of merge the two. This is uh, Emer really started this process off on this season. She was working with MTV and then I kind of jumped in the tail end where they were just finishing going like, we're going to do Spies, Eyes and Allies and do this kind of agency thing. So because Emer did 36 and was uh, double agents, it kind of just flowed into that. And then she kind of was molding with them and kind of get it up and going. So I can't technically take any claim to why they're doing it this way. Mm -hmm. I just kind of got handed the ball. They're like, here you go. This is what we're doing this season. This is what we think is the best version of what we're doing this season. And they were really trying to get an international aspect going and it just worked well. Uh, Emer, being from Ireland, kind of is our international correspondent, always talks for the world when we when we have big meetings about us. She's like, look, internationally, when we say certain words, like just certain phrases, she'll be the one to correct it, saying the rest of the world will understand that. So the, the agency kind of theme kind of worked across the board because everybody's seen those Jason Bourne movies and all the, everybody kind of mm -hmm. understands the spy element around the world. But some of the themes we've come up with, she was kind of like putting halts like, hey, other people will understand that type of terminology sometimes. Right. That makes sense. So were there any other um, locations that you guys were looking at besides Croatia? Yes. Yeah, so the way we're in a COVID world right now. So that's really the big determining factor, like where we're going to go, what we're going to do evolves around what the COVID world is like in that area. They looked in every different place. Of course, Australia was a big one to talk about because oh. Australia, right when we were going into this, was the place that was like, you're going to get locked down for two weeks. But once you're in the country and you've done your quarantine, you don't have to wear masks or anything because there's zero COVID technically at that time or like very low things. So everybody kept talking about it. But it's it's hard to get the whole crew and the cast to commit to sit in a hotel for 14 days completely. Yeah, Plus, it's a, that's expensive. It's expensive. So yeah, it when, we, yeah. when we got into Europe, we got in Croatia was one of the big uh, ideas because it's such a low, for some reason in, in Eastern Europe or in the Europe area, they had the lowest COVID cases. And it seemed like it was like, that's a good, safer place to go. And what MTV really wanted to do and everybody wanted to do this season was get away from this cold weather, the seasons right. you guys, have, you guys have all been, doing. I mean, Iceland was by far freezing cold, but even yes, before that, Prague wasn't very like awful warm and warm and pretty so no, no. that's awful. when they kind of came back and they when they were hitting me up i was happy to say yes to this season because they were like we're going warm and tropical and i was like heck yeah that's what i'm used to that's what i grew up on this show was like it was always just warm we never went to cold unless it was like a final but not a whole right. season right yeah it was definitely nice being in croatia i mean like you can finally see people in bathing suits like yeah and this house had like 
two, actually technically three pools. I mean, the locations were so beautiful this season. The house was beautiful. The elimination was beautiful. Like with that huge wall with the lights just yeah. like shining down on it. So like, what is harder to find when scouting a location? Is it the house? Is it the elimination spot? Like, where do you guys start with that? House, house always. You always find the house. That, that's the, yeah. that's a, the house is a, so there's 34 cast members. It's the 35th. It's, it's where the show sets and takes place. The challenges are, when you watch a show, you know, eight, 10 minutes of, the, of a, you know, 90 minute episode. So you go for the houses first. That's what, like right now, people are out searching for houses for the next coming season. Like you just want to find the right house that can fit. And then it takes forever to negotiate it down because you're going into these multi-millionaire houses yeah. and be like, we're going to bring a bunch of people in there and then they can just YouTube the show. They're going to fuck yeah, it up. Yeah, they can YouTube the show <laughs> and see what the house is going to turn into. So it's a lot of contract and negotiating right. and going, hey, this is what we're going to do. And then we have like, you have to deal with just calendars. I mean, even the, the house that we were in that season, if this show would have gone two days later, we wouldn't have been able to do the house only because there was another event moving into that house that was paying twice as much money mm. as we were. That so house was big, amazing. Yeah, which was surprising to me. When I went in the house, the first time I was kind of like, man, this is, I don't know if the cast is gonna love it. It's, it's, it's all just a hill. It's, it's kind of, it feels kind of small. And we actually had the big house, which is the main house. And then that pool house, when I landed and got there, the original plan was that's where the control room was going to be, that uh, that smaller house. We weren't going to have, that's where all production was going to live. And then we started putting bunk beds in the room. And you guys think the bunk beds were tight at the beginning. Now, it was even mm. tighter. Like, it, it almost couldn't fit. So we made a whole plan to remove production from the second house where the pool table was and where CT and all those guys stayed, the, the secondary house. And then we built containers on the side of the house and covered them with tarps so you couldn't see them very good in aerials. But that's freed up the space and then it made the house feel huge and large again but that, when we first moved in i was kind of nervous i mean i thought this house was amazing it was like a sexy oh, um man. training facility it was beautiful i mean i've never seen a gym like that in our life i would i loved that whole setup i mean i think that yeah. was great because we could kind of get away but not really we played games on the hills like yeah it was fun i i thought it was a great house for a challenge mm -hmm. I really yeah, do yeah. think it was a, one of the greater how, challenge houses because the last couple of seasons, I mean, were kind of rough. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, even, was so, it was so nice. And even the club this season. Like, I know last season we had, like, the ice box, the ice dome, we called it. The but ice it was, like, box. Right, it was the ice dome. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but we walked, like, right outside and we had to act like we were going to, like, this thing that wasn't that far away, yeah. which was fine. You know, honestly, yeah. it was convenient for after you it drank was. too much. You didn't get car sick on the way home. But I loved this club, too. Like, this club yeah. was – it had a great vibe. So what was it like getting the club together and – doing all that because this was the first time we actually like left the house yeah in the during this dome. COVID era I was feeling like so the dome that was the that thing was so awesome you guys had on property for the COVID purposes and for production to exist and make a show happen it was, it was awesome perfect yeah so when I got there everybody kept saying we're gonna build the dome like I was looking across the street like I was gonna build the dome we were walking all around the property just going to other neighbors trying to see if I could buy out their land to build a dome and then at, lo and behold, we have a locations manager, like someone who just kind of knows locations, helps us find things that's local and lives there. He's like, I have a friend who owns a bar that's shut down because of COVID. Like we're not opening, legally we're not allowed to open to the public. And he's like, why don't you come check it out? So we just happened to have someone on the crew that knew a guy that had a bar that all we had to do was just kind of just put some lights in there and make it look pretty. But otherwise it yeah. was kind of, it, was, it found, it almost found us. But That's it was, awesome. It, it, it was perfect. Yes, the forty-five minute drive. I Sucked. remember thinking they're gonna hate it. 
But I've been on the show so long that I'm like, I've seen it before. We've done it before. Like it's We've done two hour drives before, before but they weren't, this was the windiest road. You need a drama mean just to get to the bar. Yeah, it was, and, <laughs> you know, it was either that or no bar. I couldn't figure it out. I was like, I'll take my chances. Yeah. And the bar is a big element for you guys. I get it. The, the bar is a huge part. It's like, it's a, you know, it's an act of the show. It's a, it's part of like, they have to go out. You have to do something and you know, the, the fans get to see it. It's like, oh, it's a big live bar. But I, I know behind the scenes, like we pump the music, let you dance. And then it kind of gets quiet. And now it's like, let's watch game. the talking happen and let's hear the game. Mm -hmm. And cause we can't, it's hard to, that's why we can hear you so clearly. If you go to any other show and you watch like, you know, bad girls club, like you can't understand people because they're inside the bar. It's pumping music. We get, when we have control of it, that's awesome for us. That's might even be the thing going forward. We might have that kind of standard. It just allows us to make a better TV show, which is in right. the end what we're trying to do there. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know that that Emer had started this and mm -hmm. then you came in. When were you or when was she? When did she start prepping for oh, Spies, Lies it, and Allies? So what we left in March, she was on in December. She came in from Iceland and like I would say two weeks later, started going, all right, let's put cast together. Like wow. she was in, and that's that's hard to do. I mean, I came home from Croatia and I was like, I'm, I need a break. I'm chilling on the next one. But it, it's just Aww. like, no, 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 we don't know. Like, it's all me to figure out. But it was just like for me to get a call. I was, you know, the day after you land, it's like, it's hard to get right back into the system. You kind of just like the finale for producers alone. You're just like, finally, I'm done thinking and stressing. And then for her to come home and be like, I'm jumping back in. I was like, good for you. Like, she loves it. She's a workhorse. Yeah. 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 Have you ever have you ever tested one of the challenges, Ryan? Oh my God, that's I grew, so that's how I got into it. So, <laughs> doing audio and doing AC and PA work, I would always ask like, I want to go test the challenges, and then so the God, challenge team, would, yeah, the challenge team <laughs> would let me come over and, and play with them, and then I, that's how I that's how I landed in this world was I would test them, and I would come out of the water or whatever, and be like here's what I didn't like. Here's what didn't work. Here's what da da da. And I just would mm. explain to them going, it doesn't feel right. Like something's wrong. Like, cause no, no matter what, I still am of the family belief that like, if we build it, we should test it ourselves. Cause then I know what's, what's how it feels, what it, why it's wonky, why these people are all crying about it because it hurts. This is the, every time I land on it, it hurts this way. However, throughout the ages, I got older and probably got more out of shape. And then when you are testing some of the jump games, like say from here to here, Two inches, my job as a tester is to find out what's too hard. So we failed seven times by the time you guys even tested. So two yeah. inches is too far. Two inches further distance is like, man, no one's landed. We're just slamming and then hitting and falling backwards. <laughs> We're doing it too. And then four inches back the other direction is too easy. So it's like, what is that sweet spot? And then right. in the end, you're, you're trying, especially yeah. those big fall water games, you're trying to get 30% fail rate. Like that to me is the perfect game. Like people no. completed it. People, <laughs> yeah. Someone has to complete it. Yeah. I just want to yeah. say one thing, because I know this about you. I've worked with you for forever. You don't rig anything. Eliminations are picked out months before we even get there. You aren't land. catering shit to go to anybody. I know that you get really offended. If you could just speak on that so the people know, I would mm -hmm. appreciate it. Yeah. I will say that this actually started in Turkey, which I think was, uh, what was that? The, see, you were on it. And uh, I think it was uh, Battle of the Seasons. Bloodlines, was Bloodlines. Bloodlines, Battle of Seasons was right was before that, but we use the same house. Then it was Bloodlines, yeah. So, but that kind of started with the idea that 
we, I have a microphone, I have an earpiece and I can always hear a microphone and if they're potted up or if someone's on and the game was over, we were done with lunch and I heard Anissa just walking back onto the bus, bitching and moaning like, these producers, they rigged this and da 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 da. I never and, talk like that. And I, was so, and I heard it and I remember coming on, it was the only time I ever, I, at the time, as a segment producer or a challenge producer, I think it might have been supervising at that point. I don't really talk to the cast because it's kind of like, you're the judge, you're the rule maker, you can't really get in conversations. And I came on the bus, I was like, it kind of offended me. That's where I first found out. I was like, I get offended by this. I didn't know I took it so personally that we don't I wasn't the first person that I was never the first person to say that. People always say right. that, but I get it. But, it, but it, there's like, the game is approved months in advance. Right now, mm -hmm. let's say I'm doing a packet. And we don't even have a cast for the next season, but I'm doing challenge games right now. They get approved. A lawyer looks at them. A, a insurance looks at them. All these people look at them. And then we put them on a schedule because art has to build them in a certain order mm -hmm. that they, because mm -hmm. they're going to use the wood from this game and this game. But if the wood in this ah. game gets smaller pieces, that means we need to do the bigger game first to get those pieces mm -hmm. down to the smaller pieces because we can't make it. It's, it's a whole plan that gets put in action. And then on the day, it ends up being whatever game, it ends up being pole wrestle. And then these two heavy hitter guys go in that day. And I was like, you put it together for those things. And it was like, it just happened to be that it's always happens. It's so you can't write half the shit that happens that like, yeah, it's going to be, you know, bananas versus CT. And then it's gonna be the backpack game in Prague. And it was like, no one knew that was going to happen. Like I can't it just, just happened. It was approved months ago. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I have a question about, you know, you were talking about how you have to pick out all of these challenges and then get them mm -hmm. approved. There's yeah. so many different types of challenges that we do. You know, we have endurance challenges. We have puzzle challenges. We have heights over water. We have a bunch of different things, sometimes with helicopters, whatever. What mm -hmm. is the most difficult type of challenge or elimination to put together? Mm. Generally, it's rooftops. Rooftops are always hard because you have to get a building that is owned by some major multi-billionaire to let us jump off the top of their roof of a, yeah. of a building then figure out how do you get all that trust that builds the rig up there 99.9 percent mm -hmm. of the time it's us putting it on our backs and walking up 82 flights of steps to put one piece up and then come back down and or take the elevator i don't think you should do it again then it sounds down. terrible don't do it again yeah, yeah. Did that sounds yeah. so bad sounds yeah. super inconvenient yeah exactly and those are my <gasps> least favorite too like I, I they're fun to see on tv but as a tester that's why i started to kind of stop and i was like i'm done like yeah, I don't like jump. I, I've done it. I've done enough times where I've like got my badges and I'm like, huh, I don't have to do it anymore. I'm now high enough in the ranks that I don't. I get to choose not to do it. Yeah, but uh, well, I would say rooftops are the hardest because of the stunt stuff. But the really the scariest and the hardest ones, the ones that like I lose sleep about, are any of the big art builds. Our art team is generally one guy from the United States that we work closely with, and sometimes he's the new guy that season. He's never been on the show. And then we go to another country and hire 30 to 40 locals that we have no clue what their work experience is like, how they are, what they are. And then we're like, let's build this huge rig made of wood. If it's made of trust, generally we have that say that. I know how that works. That's just bolts and it locks together. But when it comes to building things out of wood, mm. it's just going to fall apart. I know it's going to fall apart. And then we have to sit there and it's embarrassing for us. The cast is all mad at us. It starts breaking. So I am more scared and worried of like anything that's a major art build. Yeah. And, and even, yeah. even in this episode where you got hurt in episode five, like it was the wall. Once they started building the wall, I was like, let's just do a layer of like netting. Like that was a very simple build. But going to bed, I was like, more if one of these cleats breaks off. One broke off on somebody. I don't know who it broke off on, but I saw Huey. two. Yeah, rock climbing cleats. I'm like, it, they're man-made. It's not built from. And the guy, it's, it's not like a phone, a blueprint. They're like, uh, eight foot wall this big and the construction team builds it but they're not 
you know, factory workers that have built this wall 17 times. That's the first time they built the wall too, that big, that size. Right. Yeah. I hated it. Hated it. Yeah, it was tough. Hated it. I, so I know that you've tried a lot of different challenges because you tested them out. But if you were yeah. a challenger, what do you think your favorite type of challenge would be to compete in or that you would be the best at? Like puzzles, eating, or any of these endurance ones? I'm, I think stunts. Eating I can do. I, don't, I have a ability to i know how to eat stuff i guess in a weird way like i know how to eat like gross stuff fast like i just i, I kind of like ct it and just like get it down okay yeah. Boom, mm-hmm. it's down. but it's done stuff only because of the show because of the amount of testing i've done i know how to jump on things i know how to land on things like there's like a you know my friend who works on wipeout like he can run across everybody used to jump across those red balls like I've done it so many times. I know how to walk across those red balls. I can jump. I know how to land on trust. I know how to jump. So for right now, if they put me in today, I'd be like, dude, I got the stunt games all day because I know how they work. Are you giving There's lessons tricks. out? There's Do tricks. we have to come There's there? To... Well, I, will, I feel like sell... for the right amount, yeah, you may be I've, able to I've, teach us the technique. I feel like I've talked enough times that I, I almost want to send a letter out. Like, you guys, if you know you're going to go to the season, study puzzles. You know there's puzzles. Math's always involved. It's it's weird when people come and still haven't figured out a tangram. I'm like. If you're They're a fan of the show, how do you not know how to do it? There's only so many ways to do a tangram, and it's basically yeah. the same device every time. But like, I'm actually, yeah. when they were doing puzzles, that was my number one rule. I was like, I don't want to see one tangram put up as an option for a game because, one, I'm over them. I'm so sick of them. And two, it's like half the cast has to know. Oh, I love now. them. Yeah. Especially with this season, like just talking about tangrams and like expecting people to know how to do them. Think about how many international people came on this season and like, mm. how, like how did you guys even know what how they were going to perform? So like, was it hard for you to pick uh, international castmates to be on the show? So the international casting was largely done with Emer and the casting team before that. And what they were trying to do is they try to make this show more global and more international. And I think it's it's better for everybody. The show is awesome. I've always, as a kid in my twenties, growing up on the show, I've still to this day believe this is the best challenge competition show that exists in the world. And I get mm-hmm. bummed when I go to interviews and someone's like, "Oh, the challenge? You still do that? It's still around? The Real World Roto's challenge?" I'm like, "Yeah, that that title's gone. This show, like, if you don't know this show, it's there's only three other shows: Big Brother, Survivor, Man Amazing Race, who are in their thirties. We are part of that elite group, so." When, the, when we're now letting international people find out about this show, that just gets me more excited that their hometowns are going to watch it, their buddies are going to mm-hmm. watch it. And then it's now with the internet, it's just going to become a bigger show than it ever. And it, we're watching it get bigger, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. And with that amount of international people that they've casted, they casted them from people who are technically famous in their world. They've been on one show that they have a fan base. So now we just, we just grabbed 15 more fan bases and added it to it, which it just makes ours larger. And I think it's a huge deal that we're doing it and i'm excited that we're doing it i hope we keep going forward doing it it it, we didn't everybody was i mean they were good there were some bad ones there were some all of them were beautiful and it it was just like this is this show's only this it's basically we don't we used to have the real world of road rules that's where we pulled from Mm -hmm. i worked on already the one season three and then Mm -hmm. i came out for that and was walking with people i was like man we can pull people from this show there's good and then that's when they start they start pulling from already the one there were some yeah. people that didn't like it. They're like, no, we, we're real, real world road rules. It was like this whole thing. And then now it's like some of our best are from Are You The One and hey. The Challenge. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> let's just bring everybody together. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. Did you have any favorites for internationals coming into the season? 
or after the season that. ended, or anyone. I, don't think I'm, I think everybody's my favorite. I don't think I'm allowed that's, to pick that's one. A, life you're favorite. actually that's a safe what way, a good, a smart way to go. Yeah, yeah. What a good dad answer. <laughs> everybody's good one day and everybody's bad another day. It depends on what day you ask, I guess. True. Yeah. Yeah. Good dad answer. Um. So obviously, you haven't done a season since season 30, 30, 30. And this is season 37, so there have been plenty of seasons in between. Did you yeah. turn down seasons? Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, so, so that was my last technical whole season. Now, every season since then, almost every season, maybe minus two, um, I had a kid right before 30, and then I brought so her. Cute. Yeah, I brought her on the road on 30. She was like six months. I remember. And that was like the end of like, oh, I can bring a kid on the road and have an infant in a hotel room. Once she started walking, bringing a child on the road just seemed like, how are we going to do that? Because mm-hmm. it's, the, it's not, the infant could just sit in a hotel room all day and would not move. But once they're walking and talking, they need to be entertained the whole time. And my wife worked on 30 as a field producer. So we were able to just have a nanny keep her in the hotel room. And so 30 was kind of the end, like, I'm done with the show. Goodbye. At that point, I'd already done 20 some seasons. So I was like, mm-hmm. I've got it. I don't need to do any more. I had a kid. I met my wife on this show. I technically had a kid on this show, got pregnant on the show. Mm-hmm. Like this whole show is like built my bought me in this house. I mean, this whole show has done everything for me. Oh, I love it. So then I just uh, I I started declining afterwards. I was like, I don't need to go on the road. I don't want to do international shows. Wasn't anything about this show particular. It was just going away. It was really hard. Yeah, right. I bet. So in the interim of season thirty thirty seven, I've done a couple finales. I've done all the creative pack. Not a lot of the creative packets on all of them, but a lot of them. And then this season, it was just my kids down at age where she's in school. Like she's old enough to be in school and she's in school eight hours a day. So it was yeah. kind of a, I wasn't even looking for this show. Emer called me and she's like, Hey, I can't go. I'm the doctor saying no, but it would be a great favor. If you could go, if you could be a part of it, because then we could work as a unison. Like Emer and I could stay there. She could still be an executive. I could be executive and we could work together. And I needed her a lot. I called her daily. I mean, there's so much stuff. Yeah. So just having a kid old enough allowed me to leave. So that's, I think, going forward, I'm going to have some time to start taking these shows again. Woohoo! Awesome! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. That's great. I mean, listen, we love hearing all of this stuff. And, like, there's so much that goes into everything on the challenge. And as a competitor, and especially as a viewer, I mean, we don't get to see it. So it's really awesome to hear about all of this. Yeah. And I just want to ask you this question because you've talked about so many finales that you've done. Do you have a favorite finale that you've worked on? Ooh. Uh, the first Iceland was my favorite. The first Iceland, um, well, that was coming X's off two. of X's too from Dominican. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was going out there. To me, that was just like the crew was high-fiving and hugging each other and crying at the end because it was kind of what you guys dealt with in Iceland on 37 or 36 was that the storm was coming in and it was just, it was like, mm-hmm. that, that was the other season. I did not physically do the season. I got just brought in to do the finale. And I proposed to my wife and then went straight to, I, like, met everybody in Dominican, proposed to my wife, and then went straight to Iceland. And I just lived in Iceland for a Aww. month. And then got to build it. That was probably my favorite finale to produce, to be a part of and be like, i just never been in Iceland. It was mind-blowing to me. Wow. I'm sure you guys had to act a lot on the fly, too. Like you were saying, with the storm in Iceland and just things that come up naturally. And so, obviously, you said you have Emer on the line, but, like, I just kind of want to tie this back into the specific episode where Anissa goes home. Yeah. Like, how difficult is it for you guys to deal with an injury from a production standpoint? It's not awesome. That's for sure. And those are, like, I know we, we build challenges, build a limbs in advance, but on the fly, we have to change them. And that's what it becomes like. 
the game that uh, Gabo and Logan had to do in the limb, that changed. It was technically the bones and structure of the game we were going to play, but it was built for two people. And then once Anissa got hurt, I was like, shit, now we have to figure out how to make it all a one-person game. So we had to quickly... Were we going to yell down to the person? No, I was going to pull you up. So I would be down there and I'd be like, and it kind of referenced the way... Oh, cool. I'm glad I wasn't there. Yeah, the way some of (laughs) these... The way some of these games and limbs get scheduled. So in the beginning, the challenge that you guys are part of, you probably didn't get to it, but once you, but after you would have finished the wall game, you had to pull a big sled or pull a big weight that brought the code to you. So that was the movement in the challenge. After you climb the wall, right. you wanted me to pull it. So then that's what we wanted in the limb was to then now you had to pull someone up. So they kind of correlated with each other and show story like that. So that I would have so pulled happy. Logan up. <laughs> I'm so happy that you just co-signed that. Okay, because this is a theory that I think all challengers have in their heads. Is like, well, the daily challenge was this, so maybe the elimination's going to tie in this way. Like, we all kind of think that sometimes that happens. Maybe it doesn't happen all the time, but to know that you've said that and yeah. that's satisfying from a production yeah. standpoint, I just feel I feel like a little less less of a psycho for overthinking. You're yeah. still a psycho. You're still yeah. a psycho for overthinking everything. But here's the thing. <laughs> it's so funny because you're going to – the notes that you're going to – that we get from it, it's like – one episode tie them together. It looks really cool. Another episode's like they're doing the exact same movement. An episode at the beginning of the chat, the beginning of the episode, and the end of this episode. So it, as much as I want to say yes, in that episode it was. The next episode it does not. But make not a for most. It's, yeah, it's really right. you don't want to see the same movement. If you're swinging sledgehammers at the beginning in the challenge, yeah. you're not going to see a limb. But I want to circle back to a question that I asked all year round, all season, and none of the crew could physically answer this. Why do you guys start using the word dailies? Where did that come from? It made me so internally upset. I was like, it's the challenge. Oh, no. There were challenges. And then oh, people I started using it. So I you know a survivor or a big brother. I think human. over, oh, no, because no, they call them comps, yeah. which is annoying for me. Yes. Um, yeah. Over the years, I think the language has just changed. When I took that break after I broke my, <sighs> after I fractured my ankle, I was coming back on. Or when I did Dirty 30 and they started calling challenges by numbers. And I'm like, there's a name to the challenge. It's not challenge 30. Like, that's weird for me, you know? So, and then they were like, oh, this is episode 12. I'm like, how the fuck do you know what episode it is? Can you just be present? Like, the new kids, I think the newer generation Mm -hmm. of challengers looks at it from a TV perspective of like episode to episode number of i'm like i'm in i'm like look 20 years this is my millionth daily challenge daily challenge but this is why they call it that because it's the challenge and then i think people try and be more specific by saying the daily so you know like hey i want a challenge and we're like the whole challenge like no one singular challenge during the season of the challenge sure 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 so i think it's to be able to make that distinction um between one and the other we yeah, did, I don't know where it started. We had, I don't know where it started, but it's not us. Yeah, all right. <laughs> not you too. But I know when I first started when I first started the show, season ten, you had a lot of road rulers coming in. So it was missions. our job to break them from saying the word missions. It's like no, the show is called the challenge. You do challenges, and then they would say the word oh, on this mission. So in every interview, you'd be like no, 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 
or any OTF. No, no, no. It's a challenge. Yeah. It's not a mission. So we broke everybody yeah. into that. And then I never heard mission no, again. To... And I was like, yay. And then this season I came back and then I was told that <laughs> we're called a missions. I was like, yeah. I was you know, so over it. Just to break the word mission. I yeah. like, oh, save it. And now we're using dailies. Yeah. I was like, where's dailies coming from? Like who's singing dailies? Why are we using dailies now? And like, no, the, the, missions made me, the missions made me so upset. I'm like, Oh, the agency, I guess this is a, and then the missions. And we have all this like spy logo. Detonation station, my favorite one. Detonation station. <laughs> I just didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm bitter because of this episode. Yeah. But I have probably. nightmares about it. Yeah. I mean, oh. it, it was a tough one. It was a tough one. I know. One Ryan, Ryan was definitely upset on the phone with me. You know what? Like, I, I was, can't believe this just happened. I watched the episode five again because you were saying we were going to talk about this. And then I was thinking, if someone said, What's your proudest moment in this episode? I was like, Anissa's outfit and her interviews because I know how many people yeah. I know how they were changing because you had a sling on so you had to do the certain <laughs> outfit but I remember like Danny was sending me wardrobe pics like what about this what about this I'm like I don't care whatever she wants to wear like whatever but like it ended up working yeah. and they got a really cool outfit that like covers your slings you can't do you see know it, that was like, a fucking that was yes. a scarf yes I heard everything. <laughs> Danny was so proud that he was like I'm doing the gayest thing I've ever done like I'm picking out outfits and I'm so like Danny really like I couldn't do anything but my makeup, and then I had the nice PA girl. I'm like, I know you have never touched hair like this before. I'd take my braids out. They wouldn't let anybody help me. I'm like, I promise I won't talk game. I'm like, all right, people were DMing me like, you look amazing and so classy. Like, what are you wearing? I'm like, I'm wearing a scarf from Croatia <laughs> over my over my sling that's making me sweat a lot and give me a rash. But yeah, sure. Everything's fine. I was trying Everything. to. I was trying to find the WhatsApp thread because he was sending me photos. Like you had one that was like very tribal looking. Like they had all these different outfits that you were trying to. Oh my! Like, I was so nope, mad. Nope. I was like, I, I was like, I don't know what in the in the tribal whatever. I don't know what what you think I am. <laughs> one made me look like a library in the jungle. The other one was like, it, it was just <laughs> a, a lot of stuff that like. Oh my gosh! I should have been like knitting in a corner at like age eighty. Some Listen. of them were just not age appropriate. Well, you looked great in the end. You, you got the right one going. It looked good. It really looked good. I was like, you can't get a sling on right now. Yeah. Yeah. I told oh them gosh. I wouldn't wear it. I just could do limited motions like this, but they were like, no, we're not going to risk that. I was like, I'm fine, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It was disappointing, yeah. though, but I needed a. I did four back to back. That's a lot. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. And that's, a, I think, one of the big behind the scenes things when you're doing interviews, like you're talking about two weeks ago sometimes. Like, that's hard to. It's hard. I just, and that's hard for you guys. It's hard for the, the producer because when you walk out, we're going to do it again for the next person. You're like, I'm reliving this challenge seven times today. I'm going to talk about it for 12 hours. The exact same game over and over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Every episode, we have a segment on the podcast called Challenge Confidential. So mm -hmm. I know that you've already been spilling a lot of secrets, but we're just curious. Is there anything else maybe that happened from this episode or from this season in total that you'd like to tell us? Hmm. That one caught me off guard. Uh, so anything that I would like to tell you that caught off guard, because <laughs> what I was going to get into was the was the and it was the first night of letting all the veterans in, and then taking you guys to a hotel was like the worst night of my life because everybody got drunk at the cast house when they moved in, and then took them oh, to a, yeah. then took everybody to the hotel, and they were just acting mayhem. But the problem is, because yeah, promised COVID, us beer. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it should just. I had thirty four cast members. Like that's what people think. Like we're a big movie set, and it's like, dude, there's like. All these PAs, it's their first day at work. So we're like, here's what you need to do. And they're like, I don't know. The cast is yelling at me. We have grown adults screaming at 20-year-olds and calling them lots of dirty language and stuff. And they're mad yeah, and angry. Yeah. So the PAs are like, I don't want to deal with this show. We have people crying. That, that's kind of like 
side note. We were really crying too. That. Yeah. Because we know. couldn't stay in the house that night. Yeah. Was that was the it original? Was- wait, was that the original plan? Yeah. yeah, I think what it was is that they whoever was in charge of alcohol shouldn't put that much alcohol out. They put all the alcohol mm. out. It was meant to be for both parties, your party and the next party. But you guys oh. drank all the first. Oh, uh, we drank, drank all of it. You can't let us in there. Oh, and you know we can't shit. handle our we can't handle our alcoholic international people. Can and Come it's on. just that's where that's the kind of little stuff that slips through the crack. You're like, oh, that there's so many. I'm trying to put you guys in cars. You know, there's six cars. I can put you two in this car. Do this, and we're just thinking about all the math. And, MTV's there that day, and every producer's there, and everybody's first day. We're moving in, yay, yay! And then somehow someone just put all the booze. I was like, "Where's the next set of booze?" I'm like, it's all out there. I'm like, now everybody's hammered. Shit. Yeah, we were yeah. doing okay, <laughs> dude. That was so scary. You know, we got that memo from TJ, or as Gabo said, this guy who he didn't know. Yeah. Up <laughs> Gabo's no so great. Research. No free research. No, he didn't know what he was. I just want he to drink, some party, stranger. see where the women are. When he's praying to Mike, this situation. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, what? What? He can't make it up. He's great. I think oh, the we're all great. Night, I think he truly thought he was going to like uh, Jersey Shore. Like he made some comment. Yeah. He's like, "Where's all the women? Where are we doing? I thought we we're gonna be at Jersey Shore." And I'm like, "Which? That's not the show you're about to do, man." Like, <laughs> sorry. Where are all the women? Yeah. Oh. So- so good, dude. He was like, I just need a Red Bull vodka for my interview. Yeah. I'm like, you're not getting that. No, but we used to be able to drink on Warsaw Shore. I'm like, Gabo, not the same show, baby. Yeah, yeah. He was oh. great, though. He just, one thing is like, there is no filter. No. It is just pure him. Yeah. It's amazing. And that's where I feel like, yeah. I and mean, that's one of my things I think about him and almost any, even M- Emmy. A lot of the internationals, uh-huh. I feel like, I think that the, the issue I always had is like, it's their second language and they totally don't always know what's yeah. being said. And I feel like they're playing yeah, a game yeah. that's completely different than the game that you guys are playing. And I don't know some days I don't know if people recognize like how hard it must be for him to sit in a room and sit in a house and listen to everybody going, I kind of understand everybody talks so fast. Yeah, in, in yeah. different accents. And he did have good. he did have anxiety about that. We sat down and talked about it. Like he was always open about how he felt. So. Yeah, I think it, you pick, you guys picked a good group. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. They were a good was, group. Yeah, it was it was an amazing season with so many amazing people who had <clears throat> so much respect for American TV. And I, I we were talking about this earlier in the podcast. Like it definitely gave all of us there this new perspective of not taking it for granted because mm-hmm. some people's dreams are to be on a show like this, an American yeah. TV show. So yeah. yeah, it was really beautiful. I'm really happy that all of them got the opportunity to be on it. Um, but we have one yes. last question for you. Yeah. You have given us so much information, but we always ask this question. It's our final question for every guest. Anissa, would you like to do the honors of asking the last question? Sure. Since this season's called Spies, Lies, and Allies, we would like to know, in your opinion, who's the biggest spy, the biggest liar, and the biggest ally. So the spy is someone to watch out for in the future. The liar is whoever lies most in the episode, and the ally would be the most truthful. Yeah, from this episode specifically. Well, basically, you say the word spy, who to watch out for. I think Logan's someone you need to watch out for. I mean, yep. I don't think he's spying per se, but I think he's someone you need to watch out for. Like anybody mm-hmm. who's in my head, people who are elite in the physical game of this show are heavy surfers and people into yoga and rock climbers. And he hits all three of those at some point, and you're just like, yep. this guy's going to kill it. I thought, right the day he, once I read his resume, I was like, oh shit, this guy's going to be a physical yep. beast. Was Go. so excited when he picked me. I was like, yes! yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would definitely be the spy that I would say look out for. 
the where, where next one lies spies lies yeah mm-hmm. the liar i always think like in my head it's gonna it's josh like that guy's just saying shit that's oh. like it always goes <laughs> yeah. but uh, i'm just like particularly this episode i watch it going who's a liar like yeah you, you, you know my when you say the word spy my true world is like Devin. i think that guy's the sneakiest guy moving around but I don't see him lying. I see him just saying stuff and thinking it out loud. Like he's got a good game plan together. But liar, yeah. I, I guess I would. You know, at one point I thought it was Huey, but he wasn't really saying untruths. He was just like trying to make sure he wasn't called out to be the snake when, like, at the nominations right. and stuff like that. Right. I'd probably just say Josh because I put him in. There. I feel like he's always just has some story to like just blows up everything he touches. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, Joshy, he's a good guy. Oh, he's a good dude. It's just he's, his emotion. He is his uh, skin is not very thick. He gets emotional fast. His emotions run his game, and that's the problem. I think is mm-hmm. that's his emotions. Yeah, Take great for TV. Oh. Yeah, it'll be super work. entertaining to watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna work on it. We're gonna have a class with Josh. Um, an ally. I guess it'd be in my head the ally move, and I really was like, oh, that's so sweet. That shows how good friends are. Is uh, Tori as Anissa walks in the house, and she's like. Can you just help me take a shower? And she's like, "I got you, girl." And like, you take her up, and I know behind the scenes, like, you go up, you go up and help her take a shower because she's all muddy from the <laughs> hospital. And you're, you're like, Aww. I just need to help her bathe. And I was like, Oh, that's a good ally. Like, that's a good friend. Oh, she, like, she, cut my, she cut my bra off. She took my shirt. I mean, I was sweating so <laughs> my blood pressure was so high. Yeah. I wouldn't have wanted to bathe me. But yeah. she was like in the shower with me, that's like a physically. Good dude, that's a good. I was point. in some crevices. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember we I both did. Our, we both showered each other this season, rightfully so. Yeah, that's what friends do for each other. Yeah, I was fucking helpless. So yeah. yes. <sighs> Tori, you're a good Great. friend. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. I, I appreciate that title. I've been called a spy and a liar already once this season, so I appreciate sure. being the ally. Yeah. Finally, it's, it's, it's a nice way <laughs> for me to go out. Hopefully yeah. I don't get any more of these titles later in the future. Uh-huh. Ryan, thank you thank so you. much yeah. for coming on the show. You're it's welcome. It's been an honor talking to you, and yeah, thank you. Thank, and thank you for an amazing season. Seriously, this season was my favorite. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. We wanted it. to have fun, and we got that. So Yeah. yeah. I'm all about the fun of it. So thank yeah. you for everything you do for us, Ryan. Yeah. Thank you both. Thank you for everything and putting up for the season. It was a hard season for all the intricacies behind the camera and everything. It was a really hard one. I really felt bad that everybody had to deal with it, but whatever. These times will go past us and we'll all have a good season going forward. Hopefully, yeah. I hope to see you in the future. Come back. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. I appreciate it, ladies. Thank you. Bye, everybody. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. 
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Well, Anissa, I don't know about you, but I think that Ryan is absolutely amazing. He I is. mean, it's so interesting to, like, hear everything that he's got to say, especially all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, these are things that you don't even think about. Yeah. As a viewer or yeah. as a contestant either. Yeah, he's been doing this for a really long time, so it's nice to hear his perspective. He feels like one of my high school buddies at this point. We basically yeah. grew up together, so it's always nice to hear from him. Yeah, totally. Well, let's get into some Challenge Confidential. Yes. Because I just want to, you know, put this out there. I have two. Number one, when you left, you asked me to shower you. And so I do that, you know? Well, well, I use... I had mud everywhere and it had hardened. It was clay. It was, it was, I felt like I, I was in a, in a kiln and I was a pottery, a pottery project at that point. Yeah. You looked like a pottery project project. I was happy to use the kitchen scissors to cut your sports bra off, which was in fact caked with mud. And I left it on the sink, obviously in like the midst of showering you and cleaning you. And then every day when I used the bathroom in the morning after that, I looked at that, especially when I cleaned, and I was like, I can't throw this out. This is Anissa. And I looked at your cut-up sports bra that still had mud on it every day and left it in the bathroom as like an honorary thing for you. Didn't you <laughs> was, also sleep in my bed? Actually didn't want to sleep in it. Wanted to leave your bed as like the memorial couch. So it was more of like <laughs> I didn't a, die. But in the game, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did die in the game. Shit. All right, let's move on. Anissa, why don't you tell us the next challenge confidential? Well, not to take away from anybody's performance, but when I fell, the game was then paused. I don't know for how long. Long time. But long enough to wrap me up, get my ass out of there. Then they had to wait for the ambulance to roll out. The ambulance was Mm -hmm. going about two kilometers an hour. I mean, there were so many bumps and they couldn't hit them because my shoulder is out of the socket. So yeah, they had to wait for all of that. I guess a half an hour passed, but most of the people were already at their math equation. And this is where Priscilla, being the math genius that she is, was able to help other people with their math. Mm-hmm. So all of you are welcome that I fell, gave you a little extra time to do your math problem. Dude, it was... The truest thing that you've ever said in that moment. Because I don't think that Berna and CT would have won just because I don't know if Berna would have ever been able to solve that math problem. But, you know, if I was Berna's friend and next to her like Priscilla was, I probably would have done the same thing because, hey, if your girl's in power, then you're probably in a good spot. Right. So. Right. And all of us have different backgrounds. So it just, I don't know what it's like to be Berna or to be 
you know, right. gobble at this moment where it's like, I had a, I either didn't finish high school or didn't grow up with like a traditional education. So, right. Um, and I'm sure there's like a, you know, maybe a level of embarrassment. I don't know if Berna should be embarrassed at all. I mean, she never really learned math. I learned math and I still can't do it right. So, Berna, you should be fucking proud of yourself. <gasps> yeah. No, I mean, she was also killing it in the head of everybody else. Yeah. So. Oh, God. Monster. Absolute yeah. monster. Her and Emmanuel, it's like they grew up doing that. Yeah. Good old Shout, shout outs to, to <laughs> International Survivor, you crazy, crazy sick athletes. Yeah, they're incredible. Um, Okay, so (laughs) what an amazing episode, even though it was literally so sad to watch you go, Anissa. You know, it's going to be hard to watch the rest of the season without you, but I'm excited that we get to watch it together and do this podcast together. So at least we have I'm really excited to be a viewer. Really excited about it. Yeah, and you're an amazing narrator, so it's going to be awesome to hear about all of your thoughts about everything that comes up. And like we said earlier, we're just switching places from last season, girl. I can't wait to see what happens. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I left. I left with no enemies, not one fight, just a hanging shoulder. Yeah, which is well, now everybody. Fine. <laughs> everybody, make sure you slide into Anissa's DMs and send her some extra love because this oh, was a really you. hard episode for all of us to watch. Anissa, where can they send you hearts and farts? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on. Instagram at Anisa MTV. That's A N E E S A M T V. And uh, where can they find you, Tori? And DM you pictures of your ugly crying face or my ugly crying oh, face. Oh no! <laughs> Shit! I don't want people to have that in their screenshots. Okay, fine. Everyone <gasps> no, just send pictures fine. of Tor of me to Tori. No, you can you can find my ugly crying face. I don't care. Kim Kardashian put her ugly crying face on a T-shirt once, so that's totally fine. Uh, you guys can DM me at Tori underscore deal. Uh, find me on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter anymore because you know what? It's just too much to deal with. But Instagram's not. So slide into my DMs. Send me pictures of me crying or giving Anissa a hug. And yeah, enjoy the rest of this season, guys. And make sure that you watch new episodes of The Challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, every Wednesday. And then go behind the scenes with us the next morning on MTV's official Challenge podcast. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.